Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Hannah Woodward, Tom Terrace, and Rob Longo. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. Awesome, awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. We're going to break open the bread of life, but Rob, before we do that, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to just help us open up to what God wants to teach us today and how we're to live our lives and reflect the Lord. Amen. I would love to. In the name of the Father, Father Son, the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of, of your love. Thank you for uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And uh, with your Holy Spirit, we invite you into our conversation today. We invite you into uh, our time together. And, and as we read the gospel that we're going to hear this Sunday, please, Holy Spirit, enlighten us. Enlighten our minds and our hearts. Uh, help us to, uh, to be here. Help us to be here and present to you to the whispers that you want to speak into our hearts and, and please help us to, uh, to be open to, to change, uh, to, to love where we might not be loving, to forgive where we might be holding some unforgiveness, to just to be the, the men and women uh, that you're calling us to be. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, and Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little bit of gospel love this morning? Absolutely. Uh, this is uh, the gospel taken from Matthew. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they all saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. It's just a circle, a a two-letter word, go. It's kind of right in the the middle of the the passage, but such a, a call to action, go. Go, Jesus is firing these guys up. You know, he was, he was with them for three years. They witnessed his life. They witnessed his his passion, his crucifixion, his resurrection, and now he's he's on his way home. And uh, and he's giving the great commission: go, go, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as we celebrate or get ready to celebrate the Trinity this Sunday, Trinity Sunday, uh, it's just. Um, Jesus is asking us right now, commanding us, go, go. Don't, don't just sit around. Don't just stay in your comfort zone, but go, go. So, Lord, where do you, where do you want me to go today? You know, I think when you shared that, Rob, I went, I looked at that and said, all right, go. Does that mean I should go to India, Ethiopia, Kenya, Vietnam? Where should I go, Lord? And the Lord's like, start at home. 
go therefore and make disciples of all the world of all the nations and and for me you know it's a matter of my yes to the lord it, it is a call to action it's a call to continually consume the word of god daily through through our holy mass through the sacred scriptures the bible readings and then enflesh that bible to my family, my spouse, my children, to the people at the workplace, the people in the community, and the people in church, because that invitation to the Lord is an invitation to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. So it starts really with me and my yes and, and my conversion, um, and let the Lord do the work within me, and then let him prepare me, and then, then it's that go. And, and, and when we go, we don't go alone. We go with Jesus Christ. It says, you know, he's, he's not leaving us alone. He's always going to be with us. And that all power, all power on heaven and on earth is given to the Lord, not the enemy of our soul, not Satan, but to the Lord. So when we realize that God is always with us, he has all power, it is when we surrender and we seek the Lord's guidance and counsel in every situation and help. That it's amazing how the Lord chooses to use us as his ears, his eyes, his mouthpieces, his heart, his hands, his feet. It's an awesome, great adventure. And, and when you say observe, or when Jesus says observe, uh, the question I just wrote down was, you know, can people observe the commandments that God has given us through my life? All right, so, the people, so people are always observing us. And, and this, this past week, one of... Uh, the men at a gospel reflection who was there at the very beginning was a group that we started in, in 09 and he was very, there at the very beginning and he was kind of in and out throughout and he's been there very consistently as of late and he said well, I thought in the beginning when, when this was started that, that it was just going to kind of be a phase and something you know that that burned out fizzled out but man we're you know we're all these years into it and I can see the change that I don't, I don't contribute much but I, I'm listening and I feel that God is really changing my heart uh, through through being involved in something like this, but that's observing. So here's a guy that's there, and he's observing the conversation. He's listening. He's seeing how we treat each other. So he's observing us uh, and just loving each other, and and how impactful that has been for him. Just to observe. I love that, Diddy. We may be the only Bible people ever read. And I was at Gospel Reflection this morning, and it's so true. A man who hasn't been to the Gospel Reflection group in four years came intentionally to share with me this truth. He said, David, you may not realize it, but your testimony at at the Gospel Reflection group four years ago changed my life. And I just wanted to come to this group today to say thank you and let you know the difference it made in helping me be set free. I had no idea that I touched him. I had no idea that this, the story I shared of my life's journey impacted him that greatly. But he came personally just to say, thank you. I call those heavenly kisses where God just shows us that you're right. Every day, God gives us divine appointments where we can teach truth with love. It says it right here, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. We are through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we're given the ability to teach with love and humility God's truths. You know, and I was brought into another situation this week where one of my children shared things that they shouldn't have shared, and it hurt another child. And so I'm like, oh, Lord, how do I handle this? How do I practically handle this that, that shows your love but doesn't condemn the child? And so I prayed it up, 
had a meeting with my with my child, and the Lord's like, ask two questions. So I asked two questions. What did you share, and why did you share it? And then that caused them to think. Jesus taught us, if you go throughout the scriptures, by asking questions. So I followed his example. And it caused my child to think about what they shared, but then more importantly, why they shared. Because I said, well, if you come up with the answer of why you shared that, if it was to wound and hurt, that was what it did, then you succeeded in doing that, and that's not healthy for the family. Because gossip, whether true or not, is not healthy for a family. We don't take things like that and spread it and pass it on. I said, so, you know, what do you think you should do? Well, I should apologize because I hurt that person. I said, now that's correct. That's correct. So again, this teaching to observe all I commanded you, when we're called on the Lord to be instruments of sharing his truth, which we know in the word of God and sacred scripture, we always surrender and ask the Holy Spirit to speak through us and grant us the gift of the words to share that the message is delivered, that sort of truth is delivered to pierce the heart with love and humility. Too many times, though, the enemy quiets us with fear. Oh, I can't share that. I'll, I'll this. I can't share that. I'll stop. Ask God to help you. Surrender. And then let God, through his Holy Spirit, use you to share his truth with love and humility, because that's how we grow. People don't even realize they hurt another through their words. They didn't mean it. They were just sharing a truth. But when you cause them by asking them questions to reflect on that, it's powerful, powerful how they come to the right answer, how they come to that understanding that they never saw before. Never. So it's a powerful learning lesson that really fits into this scripture. Um, yeah, so the word that jumped out at me was um, approached and how Jesus, you know, it approached them and said to them, and it just reminds me that in my own life, when Jesus, I feel that he's approaching or coming near, I want to distance myself because he's going to ask me to do something or it's going to be hard or I'm going to have to give up something. And it kind of reminded me of, Rob, what you were saying about that man who, who kept coming back, you know, and he was observing. And, and so I, I sometimes observe from the periphery, you know, from the, the edges, because I don't want to get too close to Jesus. He might, you know, demand something of me. And I think what he's demanding or what he's asking is to become a disciple, and that is to be near him, to be close to him, because that's what, you know, in the, I think the Last Supper, he, was, he wanted to draw near to them so that they could be, you know, he, that, that was his disciples at the Last Supper, but... And then we see how Peter at the you know denied him, and he was at a distance. Then he observed him from afar, so he was like, didn't want to get too close because it might becoming a disciple might hurt, you know, might cause me to have to change. And so uh, I just saw that as Jesus approaching, I could see him coming near, and I'm backing away, saying, "Wait a minute." Um, uh, <laughs> let's take this slow, you know, because I don't want to have to give up anything. So, and, well, and, I'm sorry. No, that really hit it right on the right nail, right on the head. Because the word disciple, when it's used in the Bible and it's described, 
there's three criteria that are involved. <laughs> Number one of that criteria to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is to deny yourself. Mm. And the second one, pick up your cross. And then the third, follow Jesus. So for me, it's that self-denial. It's not about me, myself, and I, which is the cycle of death. It's a life lived that's othered, others-centered. So that was perfect, Tom, in the way you, you led into that. Yep, it's <laughs> deny yourself. Ouch. Rob. And when you look at the, uh, uh, the word teaching in here, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe. And uh, one of the, the popes, I forget which one, said that no one, no one wants to listen to a teacher, they, they, but they will listen to a witness, mm-hmm. right? But then they said they will listen to a teacher because of their witness. Mm-hmm. So it's that order that, that if you're just out there teaching, but you're not witnessing, if they're not seeing Jesus in you, then, uh, you know, all the teaching in the world is not going to stick. And I came across a, a holy card this past week in, uh, in a chapel, and it was a, a unity prayer. And, uh, you know, talked about, may our feet walk together in harmony and all these, all these different things. But then the one that really caught my attention was, may, may, my, may our glances penetrate each other. Hmm. And I was like, man, that, wouldn't that be awesome that, that if every single person I look at that they saw Jesus and his love and his joy and his peace. Um, you know, not, you know, that they don't see condemnation, they don't see judgment, but they see Jesus, that we penetrate each other with love, with mercy. Um, so, so when we do that, or if we do that, you know, through God's grace, then we have those teaching moments and then people might listen or be you know, more predisposed because they know you love them. That, yeah. that any teaching moment, like with your daughter, Dave, with, with your, you know, the, the, with the child that you had shared, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll listen. Right. Yeah. It, was a, it was an awakening for her. And, you know, and again, God uses our children to teach us, too, because I think if we live life correctly every day and look at every interaction, if we're quick to listen, slow to speak, take it to the Lord, let him help us process, there are divine appointments both for us to be taught as well as to teach. And I'm looking at one coming back from Ocean City, New Jersey on Memorial Day weekend. We left at 2.45 in the afternoon, and I've never in my life seen traffic so backed up. It was bumper to bumper. It took us one hour and 45 minutes to go 20 minutes of worth of driving normal. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Nothing's moving. We're, it's going to take us seven, eight hours to get home. You know, my daughter said, Daddy, I'd really like to get home. And my daughter, my daughter Emily, is just a precious, precious little 13-year-old. I said, here's a novel idea. I didn't say that, but I thought it in my little brain. I said, Emily, we could pray to God and ask God to help clear this traffic away for us. Okay, Daddy, I'll do that. So she prays to God, and, and I opened up my heart, and I prayed to God and asked. But again, here's this word, uh, uh, but they doubted. I kind of doubted that God was going to be able to remove... This bumper-to-bumper traffic, which I knew was we backed up to the Bay Bridge, seven minutes later, we passed one interchange, and it's like there was no traffic in front of us. No, no, none. There was none the rest of the way home. None going over the Delaware, or over the, uh, Delaware Memorial Bridge. No traffic. My, my wife says to my daughter, she says, Emily, did you pray? I- okay. It, I mean, it's, a, it's still faith because you don't know, but— you you see the pattern, you know, and again, it goes back to that. Uh, can I have that kind of a can I have that kind of a presence of Jesus in my life that he just radiates out of me? And then I get those 
heavenly kisses because I'm affecting people in those situations? Do I do I say a yes before I even know how it's going to happen? Mm. You know? Your story reminds me of a story that I heard Father Benedict Rochelle share with Mother Teresa, and, and, and Father Rochelle was stressing about paying the bills and insurance and everything for the you know the seminarians or the you know the brothers or whoever that was living in their community, and uh, Mother Teresa said, "God's got a lot of money. Yeah. Don't don't, <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't yeah. worry about it. God's got a lot of money." And then she left, and then he gets a call, a random call, and someone said that they received the check, but they're not allowed to take the money and they thought of him so they gave the check over to him he didn't look and then after the person left he opened the check up and it was for the exact amount of like you know three months worth of insurance health insurance that they were looking to pay or whatever the you know whatever the situation was but it was like you know perfect timing perfect amount uh but you know father benedict and all the the priests in his community they they are examples of of saying yes and uh, not knowing how yeah, and, and Tom, your story about uh, you know letting the Lord lead but not knowing how just reminded me of this book I read one time, The Cross and the Switchblade, where this man oh, went yeah. into the, the uh, ghettos, I think, of New York or something, and he was helping get people get out of gangs, and they found a particular house that they wanted to purchase. They thought it would be perfect, but it was like there's, they're thinking, there's no way we could afford this or, or whatever. And um, sure enough, you know, that's the one that the Lord wanted them to use. But they didn't know how they could afford it, but they went ahead with it anyway. And the money came, and they were able to use that house. But they had no idea how they would do it. You know, it's amazing how God does that. Yeah, I think in that book, too, Tom, they were talking about one of the times, maybe it was in that house, where when he's in the tabernacle, I am with you always, but we doubt. And Jesus loves us so much, and we should believe because he said, this is my body. So we should just believe it because he says it. But he loves us so much that he doesn't want to leave us in our doubt. So for anybody that is having a tough time, you know, when you're at Mass or just, you know, thinking about the Eucharist, and say, well, it looks like bread, it tastes like bread, and, you know, is it really you? Well, no, you're in good company that other people, priests and, and lay alike, have doubted through the years. And Jesus, in his love and his mercy, doesn't want to leave us in our doubt. And he and he allows himself to be, to be seen, you know, where Eucharist has been changed to real flesh and the wine to real blood, and uh, and just you know hundreds of miracles. Why? Because Jesus wants us to believe. He wants us to believe so that we will know that He is with us always, especially in the Eucharist, and that we will turn to Him, right? Because He's always with us. We turn our back on Him. He is always with us but we turn our back on him. So he's got this amazing gift, right, that he wants to be with us, body, blood, soul, and divinity for us to, to have this intimate relationship with him, receive him, and for us to change into him so that when people observe us, they're observing Jesus. But we can't do that on our own. We have to, we have to be transformed. And I love that word believe. I think it's found in John three sixteen. If we would believe in Jesus Christ, well, let's go to John chapter 6 and read Jesus's words and believe that the words he spoke were truth. He said, my flesh is true food, my blood is true drink. True drink. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. I mean, listen to the words. Read John chapter 6. That's our Catholic understanding. We believe Jesus Christ's words, that his flesh is true food, his blood is true drink, and we choose through our free will to believe 
and to receive. And what we receive is that divine heavenly bread that sustains us spiritually. Every day we choose to go to Mass, every day of our life, we pray it in our Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. And the Lord said, it's there for you. In every Catholic church, at every Mass, you can receive me. And the scripture verse in John chapter 6, which says, you know, the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. Jesus Christ truly gave us his flesh, and he tells us right in that sentence that that flesh is the bread, the bread of life, Jesus Christ. It's awesome. Um, you know, when I first read this, it it surprised me that his disciples doubted him. After everything that they've seen, you know, his resurrection and and everything, every miracle they performed, they still doubted him. And it made me think of how many times in my life, despite all the gifts that God gave me, how many times have I doubted him still, you know, and all the blessings that I receive um, on a daily basis. But he says, you know, I'm always with you until the end of the age. And um, it also makes me think, why have I doubted? And it's because of fear of God approaching us. And, you know, it's fear out of, you know, maybe I'm not going to like the outcome of this, or maybe I don't want to do what God's asking me to do. So that's that's kind of what I got out of this. Um, and it just popped in my head, David, I think it was your wife, Tierney, who said, uh, God is with you and you're coming and going. And that's really stuck with me throughout, you know, my life here at Stewardship. So, And it's okay to, to admit that, Hannah, that that we have these fears and God, you know, God mm -hmm. knows, he knows everything and he's waiting for us to just to open up to him and, and to be transparent and reveal to him what our fears are, what our anxieties are, mm -hmm. where, you know, where we're, where, where we're in need and, and just open up our hearts and say, Lord, here, I'm, I'm here. I want to be all in. I want, I want to serve you, but I'm, you know, I need help in these areas. Yeah, yeah. I'm scared and you know, whatever. Yeah. So he, he's, He's not waiting for us to be perfect, to, you know, before no, we come but, to him. Yeah. But that leads us to the first the first sentence where Jesus says, "The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to a mountain to which Jesus had ordered them." And I believe what Jesus is speaking to each and every one of us now is, "What are the mountains in our life that Jesus is ordering us to, to set us free from, to remove the mountain of unforgiveness, the mountain of anger and jealousy, the mountain of pride and envy." What is the mountain? And you know one of the greatest mountains that blocks our passage to heaven and our union with Christ is that mountain of unforgiveness of ourself. We allow our past to keep us enslaved and in bondage in a prison cell. Christ is the key, but it's locked from inside. If we don't forgive ourselves, as the Lord taught us to pray, to forgive us our sins as we forgive others... <laughs> It starts with ourself, because if we don't forgive ourself, we're, we're not set free. God can't forgive us if we choose not to. See, you know, we're saying, you know what, God, we don't want that grace. We're going to hold ourselves in condemnation. Well, that's a grave sin. So I thank you, Lord, for the gift of reconciliation, the sacrament, and being able to go as a Catholic to be set free, saying, Lord, I need your help. I've carried this grave sin of unforgiveness of myself for something I did in my past so many years. And God says, yes, I want to set you free. And then get, ask God for the grace to be able to forgive yourself. You know, to able to, you know, to, to forgive is divine. It is, a, it is a grace given by God in our human natures. We can't forgive ourselves. We can't forgive others. But when we seek God and his, all his power, his strength, through that relationship, we are able to forgive. 
And it starts with ourselves and then others. If we have any unforgiveness, if it's the mountain that the Lord today is ordering us to, he's doing it to set us free. Why? So that we can be those vessels and go, go and make disciples of all nations. That's what he wants from each of us so that he can replicate his son, Jesus Christ, in and through each and every one of our yeses in our uniqueness. It's awesome. It's awesome. And it just reminds me of that. I think there's a, I think it's Isaiah when Jesus or the Lord says, um, behold, I'm doing something new. And if we hold on to the past, you know, the things that we want to, that we're unable to forgive ourselves about, if we hold on to that, then the Lord can't do something new in our life. So I, I think what you're saying, David, just really struck me to forgive ourselves and let the past yes. go so the Lord could do something and, new. And, and when we do that, we, uh, we're, we're at peace, and but we need to pray for a peaceful spirit sometimes. I know, David, this, this prayer always touches your heart. Yeah, Absolutely. Because too many times in life we go too fast. We're too speedy. You know, I was just thinking of a little quick God story of, of uh, buying a pair of sneakers for my daughter in California. All eyes are on us. And as I'm talking to the manager and trying to get the deal for my daughter for her college, 10% discount, the manager says, well, just tell me, you know, that, that, that you know, that... Uh, that your daughter's in college, and, and I'll give you it. I said, but I thought you had to have the card. Yeah, 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 but just tell me tell me you have the card, and I'll, I'll give you the discount. I'm like, but I don't have the card. But just tell me you do. And I said, but that's not honesty, and I can't do that. And the manager went to his manager and brought them over, and I told them the same story that I can't lie. I can't do that. And they said, you know what? We're going to give you the discount anyhow. And we, we appreciate you standing on your integrity and your truth. So again, witnessing. So a real quick prayer for a peaceful spirit. Please, Lord, slow me down. Ease my pounding heart. Quiet my racing mind. Steady my hurried steps. Amidst the confusion of my days, grant me the calmness of your peace. Help me to know the truly restoring gift of sleep. Teach me the art of taking time off to slow down to see the beauty in your creation to chat with a friend, to read a few lines of a good book. Remind me each day there is more to life than increasing its speed. It is living each moment with you and for you. Let me look upwards into the branches of a towering oak and know that it grew great and strong because it grew slowly and well. Please, Lord, slow me down. Teach me to be gentle and humble of heart, fearing nothing of this world, as you are my Lord. Grant me rest for my soul now and eternally with you. Amen. Amen. God bless. Amen. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website 
or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, A Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.